Hey, what's up everyone? John Lee here, also known as the Property Shark, and welcome back to another episode. And today we have with us Natasha Moltani. She is the founder, husband and wife dual um, of Black Tiger Coffee. And I'm super excited to dive into their journey of how they started Black Tiger Coffee, some things that you know they would do differently if they could, um, also the logo and name, um, and how they've adjusted to COVID. And definitely stay tuned for the interview. But most importantly, if you're ever in the Cloverdale, Clayton Heights area, and you're looking for some fantastic coffee, you're looking for some great sandwiches and delicious donuts, you have to swing by and check them out. All right. So let's get right into the interview. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's John Lee here, also known as The Property Shark, and welcome back to another episode of the On The Rise podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. Uh, she is the founder of Black Tiger Coffee, and you know, for people that don't know about Black Tiger Coffee, um, it's an amazing coffee place, and if you're ever in the Clayton Heights area, you have to go check them out. So Natasha, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to tell you a little bit about our store and a little bit about my journey. Absolutely, Natasha. Um, so to, to start things off, um, why don't you give a quick introduction about Black Tiger Coffee? Sure. Um, so we've been open roughly a little bit over two years we haven't hit the three mark uh three year mark just yet so we're pretty new um uh it's myself and my husband we're a young couple with um, now two young kids i just had a baby about a week ago and um yeah we just decided you know we really wanted something that was trendy um you know community focused and of high quality for a coffee shop in our area so that's kind of where we started off with that and it's been it's been taking off and um yeah so we're pretty new we're a young couple that owns it and uh we just hope everyone enjoys it as much as we do absolutely natasha um and i, I kind of want to congratulations on your your second child by the way Thanks. um and um, I, I want to kind of dive into originally, like where the idea of, of opening up Black Tiger Coffee come from? You said you, you kind of want to be a trendy, hip coffee shop, but where did the inspiration originally come from? Uh, well, first of all, myself and my husband, we've never had a cafe or anything like that before, but we definitely enjoy um, you know, like small business type, mom and pop type of stores, um, cafes, coffee shops, um, you know, restaurants, like cool, trendy places that you can try. And um, so I was working in Vancouver and, you know, working in Vancouver, you walk everywhere and there's like 10 coffee shops, like on West Broadway alone, um, and even in Gastown area. And that's where I would, you know, frequent for my lunch or my coffee breaks. And I loved that vibe, just walk in and you kind of had time to yourself, but you were in like a really cool space and you had a really good quality espresso. Um, so I just really liked that. And it was always a cool place to um, catch up with friends, you know, like 
if I wanted to get together with a girlfriend or a couple of girlfriends, you know, we'd say, hey, where do you want to meet up? And most of the time, <laughs> even though I'm in Langley, I was asking them to meet me in Vancouver because it was just was something we enjoyed um, being in a really neat space. So then I stopped working in Vancouver and uh, noticed, you know what, there's not, why are we always traveling to Vancouver or, you know, Burnaby for these places? We don't have anything, you know, very similar to that, um, you know, type of lifestyle here in Langley, but everybody was moving out this way because a lot of young families can't afford to live there. And so it was really a niche that needed to be filled. Um, and although we have a few cool places in uh, Fort Langley and it's growing and we're having a lot more small businesses open up, but at, you know, about three years ago, that wasn't really the case. Things are changing now. And we really did want to have that here. So we were looking to open a small business. We just didn't know what we wanted to do. You know, we had a couple ideas, but, um, you know, real estate wise and things like that, um, you know, maybe invest in a condo and rent it out. But it wasn't really something that was going to generate a monthly income. Right. So we thought, hey, let's try this out. So we started researching it. We started frequenting a lot more different cafes in Vancouver um, just to get ideas. Um, so that's where the idea started and then um, and the inspiration for it. But obviously with research along the way, we had more ideas had come. Absolutely, Natasha. Um, and what are some of the hardships that that you kind of went through during this process of of starting this cafe and, and taking it from idea to realization you know coming from a background where you've never opened up a cafe in, in your life before so kind of what what were some of the hardships along the way um well i do understand business to a degree um just because i'm part my father he's an entrepreneur my brother is an entrepreneur um so you know, we own businesses in our family. So I do understand that part of it. Um, and I've worked in restaurants a, a lot of my young life. Um, so I had an idea, like kind of where to start. And my husband, his family was in the hotel business. So we do understand portions of the business. We just didn't understand opening a cafe. So I guess where the hardship was, was kind of trying to figure out, um, you know, how to start building a cafe what what are you going to need what is the flow you're going to need to make um you know the process from ordering to execution to um delivering a product to the customer in a in a certain space be um manageable and efficient um so those were some of our things that we struggled with to figure out because we had never done that before um, and that's really crucial and there's a lot of things that we would change still um, in our own store in terms of flow. Um, so that's one of the things I think also managing budgets. Um, originally, like you, you have all these ideas and you research things and you research costs of things, but things are never what they always seem or how you plan them to be. So having to deal with that as they come and figure out like finances is like a big struggle for a lot of people. Um, because a lot of times when you're a small business, you only have like a handful, like a, you have a limited budget, right? And you want to work within that and you want to be able to produce your vision in that. So that's another um, struggle we had, um, but we made it work by doing a lot of work ourselves and trying to be handy and, um, you know, asking for family members for help in terms of, you know, maybe some construction stuff or 
decor things or things like that. Um, and then, you know, again, with, with the finance part, you have to be ready to work in your business. You know, you can't always rely on staff being there and having to figure out how to handle the staff. So that was definitely a struggle for the first year, um, managing staff. If you've never done that before, if you've never managed staff before, sometimes it can be hard because there's a fine line betwi between trying to be their friend or friendly and being a, a boss, right? And I quickly learned that. Um, yeah, so that was some of the struggles. And then the construction, and nothing ever goes to plan and having to learn what the city wants in terms of permits. There's so many rules and regulations and you find them out as you're going and they, you know, there's always delays. Got it. And, you know, what, what would be kind of the, your biggest advice in terms of how you were able to kind of get through this, this big obstacle, you know, for me to get to where you are currently at to, to starting this cafe? Uh, did you just take it day by day? Did you try to become, you know, more positive and, and just optimistic about the outcome? Like kind of what kind of rode you through the turbulent waves per se? Yeah, I definitely think in terms of um, the first bit of opening, you do kind of have to take it a little bit day by day. Like you can have a plan in place and try to execute it but you do need to take it day by day because you're, you might still be learning unless you've already done this before, but yeah, you, you're learning along the way. Um, same thing with construction. You can't control everything that happens. You, there's always a plan in place, but um, yeah, you definitely have to um, take things as they come at you and just solve the problem and get it done. Um, but my biggest advice would be is um, really network with like, let's say it's a cafe you want to open, right? And you have no, no, nothing about it. You really want to network with different types of people, um, like accountants, engineers, um, maybe like other people who've been in either, it doesn't have to be a cafe business, but it could be, you know, in the restaurant business. Um, so you really want to network with people because this way you can always ask them for advice, someone who's been there and done that. Um, because if I took more advice from people in terms of hey this is how you should research locations you know um hey this is how you should research someone who's going to design the place for you hey this is what you should take into consideration when you are trying to figure out placement of appliances in the front of your store right because these things can all save you money at the end if you don't make those mistakes so um taking a lot of that into consideration um would really help you in terms of planning um yeah i don't know really uh but yeah networking and getting advice from people who've been there if you haven't done it before because it could be kind of scary trying to figure it out yourself i think that's a really good point that you made um and a lot of times people forget to lean on their friends and family i think that's the the most important thing because you know, start with, start there, you know, reach out to your friends or, or family who are in construction, who are engineers, who know accountants, you know, they'll know somebody else who will know someone if they don't know that skill or that particular knowledge area, if, if that particular area of expertise isn't their, their, you know, forte, I'm sure yeah. they would be able to connect you with someone else that they would know. And, um, it's yeah. just leaning on to your inner sphere instead of constantly kind of reaching out to people outside of that because I think 
that's where you'll be able to easily connect with a lot of people and yeah. kind of find value there. Um, Natasha, I'm curious to, to figure out like how the name of Black Tiger Coffee came about. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners will be too. Yeah. So um, even before we even thought about opening a cafe, um, my husband and I, we had gone to dinner at this place called Savio Volpe. It's on Kingsway in Vancouver. And it's a really neat restaurant, family style. But anyways, besides all of that, what was really cool about it was when you walk up to the restaurant, you, there's, it's really hard to see the actual name of the restaurant, Savio Volpe, because it's not on display like how most restaurants would have their name, like you know, Cactus Club or whatever, like super big. Um, but what was really apparent was on their window was their logo. And it's not like it's a Starbucks, like you would just know the logo. Um, it was a it was a huge fox on, and it was like a cool looking fox with like, I don't know, a little outfit on and whatever. And we just thought it was really neat. We're like, that's so neat. I love that. And then when you walk into the door, like the tiniest writing on the side of the door said Savio Volpe, but you really had to look for it. So it's like, how would you even know to like, that's where the restaurant is, right? Because <laughs> you don't know the name. But anyway, so we just thought that was um, just really neat that it was, was Fox. And we, when we started thinking of names for our coffee shop, that was one of the things we're like, wouldn't it be neat if our logo was like really, um, I don't know, just something that stood out. Like, so that to, to us, that was a tiger. And we started um, working with a graphic designer to come up with a tiger that looked friendly versus more aggressive. So once we found that, we just loved it. And we said, okay, we have to have this logo. Um, and the tiger part, we were like, okay, what can we name it? Like, can it be little tiger, big tiger, black tiger, green tiger, whatever. And black tiger sounded the best to us. And then the other part of it was um, my husband's father, which is like super weird, but his um, nickname is Tiger. <laughs> so we just thought, hey, you know, Tiger, it all works. It all fits. We like it. We like the logo. But yeah, it was mostly because we wanted an animal logo. <laughs> that, that's really neat how you got the inspiration from uh, a restaurant that you frequented and uh you know, you, you, you saw how they were able to position themselves and, and you kind of took that idea and inspiration. So I think a lot of the times, like you'll find inspiration in kind of the places that you least expect it. So, you know, if people are kind of more self-aware um, in their day-to-day -day life, you never know when an idea or inspiration could spark and that could kind of lead to something else, right? So I think- Yeah, it wasn't even that we frequented that place. We've only been there twice, but we just, loved that we just loved that we're like i love that fox on the window <laughs> so and and that stood out so you remembered the fox even though you didn't go that often yeah and funny enough now everyone loves our logo that comes in they're like oh it's so cool like i want a t-shirt you know just because it has a, this really nice looking tiger yeah that that's really cool um natasha i want to talk a little bit about um partnerships like in terms of like when you're running a cafe, how did you kind of figure out which, you know, which coffee bean roast roasting company to go with or um, where would you find your, your suppliers like, like locally, like, and how did that process kind of look like for you? 
Well, in terms of coffee beans, we wanted to use a local supplier. Um, so a local roaster. And, you know, we right away wanted to use 49th because we were already drinking 49th parallel coffee. Um, and to us, it tasted amazing. And we're like, hey, if we like it, like, first of all, we have to like it right and be able to promote that product so we love it and we would never change from it um but there was two others that i really also liked their taste and it was um timber train which also lo uh, roast locally and um also there was uh, moja coffee which i also really liked their taste but um i really really just liked 49th and it's really well known around here a lot of people know of 49th so that was um, one of the things, has to be local, has to be roasted locally, um, and has, has to taste really good that, like, I love it, right? And um, then the other thing that helped me make my decision was the education. So 49th is really, um, they work really closely with us and all of the people that they supply. So they offer um, free education and training um, with their um, coffee educators. They have coffee educators that go all over the world and they um, travel to all these different farms and they learn about the farms, they learn about the people working in the farms. They wanna know everything about that coffee bean. And so if you were to ever call any one of their coffee educators, they can tell you every little last detail of that coffee bean, where it came from and everything. Um, so I like that because they can educate even our employees and they'll even come in and help you dial in your machines to make sure you're getting the best cold espresso. Um, yeah, I just really liked their education and training and their service. That's really neat. And I, I know Black Tiger Coffee is also known for their donuts. Yeah. Um, how did that kind of start like like the idea of, of having donuts at a at a coffee shop i know 49th parallel um they they had a, a store on main with lucky's donut did you kind of take the inspiration from there as well uh no i didn't actually take that inspiration from them <laughs> it's funny i should have right <laughs> but everybody likes lucky's donuts inside 49th um it's you know they have different cool flavors and um, they're gourmet. So they're really, really well known for that. But it didn't even, like I didn't even think about it really at first that that's what I needed because I was such a croissant person. Um, so like pastries and croissants and danishes, like that was me, like that's what I like. So I was just kind of going off what I liked. And so I was, that's what I was offering in the beginning. So a lot of pastries, but I found, but I was mixing in a few little like basic donuts in the very beginning and um i found that people were just buying the donuts and not really caring about the pastries and i don't know really why and maybe now that we have um, uh, more traffic coming into the store that you know we may introduce different pastries again but right now we're focusing on donuts um just because that's what people go crazy and love and I just learned that as we were, as we opened, I learned that as we went in terms of looking at my sales. And um, so then I started saying, well, if I'm going to do donuts, then I might as well do donuts that, you know, not everyone does um, around here. So I know like in the States, they have that voodoo, voodoo donuts there and they do all different cool donuts. They have things like weird 
names, but like they'll have so many crazy toppings. So we do like the Fruit Loop, the Oreo, the Reese Peanut Butter Cup, the Kit Kat, all the novelty ones. And it gets people excited. And the like I said, a lot of young families are moving out here and it really gets like the young kids excited. And what would be your bestseller donut? The Homer. And it's like one of the most simple donuts. It's like a pink vanilla icing with sprinkles. And it's like nothing crazy, but I mean, it's the bestseller. I got to come by and try that out yeah. pretty soon. <laughs> and um, on the note of, you know, opening up, I know you, you guys kind of had a, a couple weeks of hiatus and then you recently opened up your doors again. Um, kind of take me through, you know, some some of the the challenges that you have been facing as a small business during, you know, COVID and, and the pandemic that's going on right now. Yeah, for sure. So um, one, like we haven't even been open three years yet. So obviously, most small businesses understand, like the owners of these small businesses understand that the first year in business is one of our hardest years, right? Because you're still establishing yourself, you're trying to get your name out there. And now second year of business, we were doing amazing, we were growing at a fast paced rate. And we were expecting to grow even more for here now in 2020. And summertime is usually our most busiest time, right? So we're still in the growing phase. Um, so it really like hurts and sucks to see that that we were expecting this growth and to see our business soar and now it's just like plummeted because of um, the pandemic. I mean, it's no one's fault. We can't really control it, but um, you know, you have you want that for your business. You want it to keep growing it, and so that's like a hard pill to swallow. But we know that things will change once. It'll, it go, it'll get back to where it needs to be, but um, in time, and we just don't know how much time. So yeah, we did close. Um, we closed for three weeks, three weeks, I believe. Yeah, three weeks we were closed. Um, and we just kind of assumed, hey, you know, maybe after three weeks, things will go back to normal, but it just really wasn't. And, um, you know, we want to have a business for our staff to come back to after. You know, I mean, of course, people are collecting EI and sitting at home and but that's only for four months like where, where are you going to go after right so these businesses do need to survive because if they don't and most of them close then these people are not going to have a place to go and there's going to be high unemployment rates so we decided you know what we're going to open up our doors we're um you know it's good for us because then we can pay some of our expenses um, wage subsidies supposed to be coming in so we can um, have some help to pay some of our employees. We can't bring them all back um, just because there's not enough work. Um, do things in a way that's um, to the Fraser Health standards, keep everyone safe, keep our staff safe. And we've put in extra precautionary measures to make sure our staff is really safe and not, you know, having to interact so closely um, with customers coming in. And also, you know what, people have been self-isolating for um, almost a month now. And I know we should all stay home and yes, we can stay home, but people are still ordering because like they want to have some normalcy in their life, right? So they're still going and, you know, treating themselves to their favorite coffee or their favorite donut or their favorite restaurant. Um, and yeah, so we're really lucky that we have people coming in still and ordering. But yeah, we just wanted to make sure that one, we took the time um, to, you know, wait and see how this whole pandemic was going to play out. 
Two, we don't know where it's going now, so we had to open up the doors. And three, we wanted to make sure our small business survives and that there's a place for our staff to come back to and for the community to come back to. Because I know a lot of people are missing us. We kept getting messages um, in, in our social media DMs. Oh, when are you guys gonna reopen? Or do you guys do takeout? And we were like, no, not right now. And so we decided, you know what, let's figure out a way to get it open. So kind of like the hiatus was a way for you to really like power plan and and, and adjust and, and pivot because, you know, mm -hmm. this is something that isn't normal. Like this has never kind of happened in, in the history. This has never happened before. Yeah. And we didn't know like what was, if we closed for two weeks or three weeks, we didn't, we really didn't know like what was going to happen, but we realized, well, this is kind of this pandemic, the ramifications of the pandemic are here to stay. Um, even when things reopen, things might be slow. Um, for the economy and people are going to be affected, but we just have to do our best to provide a service in the most safest way um, that still allows people to social distance, um, but still have our business survive. And if you could give, you know, one word of advice, you know, for for other small businesses that are kind of in the same boat, like like what would you what would you tell them and you know, would you give them a word of encouragement or is it more of just like, you know, do what you have to do to, to, to survive? Like, like, what would you say? I mean, I think it all just depends on the small business, right? Like, um, it depends what your service is. So I don't really know how it would be for like clothing and things like that. But for restaurants, if you have the finances to fund upfront your staff's wages and you, you believe you can even like, you know, generate enough income to like, just, you know, not drain your bank accounts, but basically just keep it going, right? Then I would say try to do that because the government is trying to offer wage subsidy. So, I mean, we, we as business owners do have to fund some of it. They're not just going to pay all of it, but if, if you have the funds to do so, do it because otherwise you're just sitting and you're, having to pay rent and you're having to pay all these other things and it's not getting you anywhere and you want to keep your name out there too right i think that that's really important and again just to to find a way to keep your business open um even in a time like this and and again the government support is coming through uh, but also think about the 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 long term kind of you want to keep your brand and your store presence top of mind still in the local community. You want to look after your workers because you definitely want them to come back to work for you. Um, from your point of view as a local business owner, uh, you know, how important is it for people in the community to understand that, you know, Hey, like if you can, like you have to kind of come in and, and support the local businesses. Like, again, from, from the point of view of a local business owner, like why yeah. is it so important? Yeah, because um, although a lot of restaurants and coffee shops and all these places are big chains, they, they can survive. They're huge chains. They're all over the world. They probably have huge bank accounts that can keep them going or whatever. They probably have the resources to keep themselves going even after all of this. But small businesses, they're very limited in that if they even are, if they even have the funds to keep going. 
but small businesses keep our economy going, right? Because majority of the places like people who have like even minimum wage jobs or people's kids who are working at these businesses, um, you know, you know, on their summer break and it helps them pay rent or it helps them pay for books for school or um, any of that kind of stuff. A majority, like there's a huge percentage of jobs in Canada that are made up by small and medium sized businesses. So if we wipe out, let's say half of that because of the pandemic, there's gonna be a super high unemployment rate. And not only that, there's gonna be more competition for jobs, right? So, I mean, all the, even the big chains, they're gonna have a decrease in sales. So they're, they're gonna to have to lay off some employees. So there's, it's not just small business, it's gonna be like a huge competition for jobs later. And then you're also gonna have unemployment from the bigger chains too. Wow. And on that note as well, you know, what can people do in the community to, to help out their local businesses? Um, well, I understand that for some people, like financially, like they maybe can't support, like spend the money, which is fine. Like, um, but if you, you know, we're going to, you know, purchase a lunch meal from somewhere, consider getting it from a small business. Um, if you want to grab your coffee and you would rather go to a drive-through versus Black Tiger, spend the extra two minutes and come into Black Tiger and grab your coffee. Um, we take the extra care and attention too. <laughs> um, yeah, and, uh, and yeah, if you can't financially spend, then you know if you've been to, to any of those small businesses and never left a review, leave a review. It keeps us, um, you know, it keeps us kind of. I don't know, I forget, I'm losing my train of thought, but like it keeps us relevant on Google, right? Right, so, SEO. Send, yeah, and send us some words of encouragement if you want on our social media, if you'd like. Um, it may help the owner feel better, right? It's just like, you're just helping out. I think you made a really good point there, um, Natasha, in terms of just adding more positivity and, you know, lifting the owner spirit and really doing anything that you can to, to help out because local businesses are the backbone of our economy. And, you know, without them, um, it's, it's really hard to, for the economy to, to thrive. And even myself, I've kind of really understood the importance of that, like more so than ever during the pandemic, because to be honest, like when things were going fine, I would most likely go to a big chain store um, to get my coffee at a restaurant because it was more convenient, right? They obviously they're bigger, they have more locations, but really now that this is going on, it's like, man, I really need to support the local businesses. And when I start visiting all these local businesses, it's like you get a different vibe. Like you said, there's more attention to detail. Um, they're a lot more friendlier. You get to learn about their story and have a conversation. It's almost like you're hanging out with their friends again you know like like mm -hmm. the relationship is is very valuable and, and that's what i realized with a lot of these these small businesses yeah no definitely and um you know it's funny because most of our uh okay the day before we we're gonna reopen one of our um supervisors was with me and we were just getting things ready and this guy comes to the door and wants to come get a coffee we said sorry we're closed we're open tomorrow I, I didn't recognize him because I don't barely work at the store like with the customers, but my supervisor does. And so she goes, oh, he's a regular. He comes here every day. And so it's like, you know, like 
he was like missing us and she recognizes him and they were just kind of like smiling at each other and so yeah like definitely our staff always knows everybody that comes in well majority of the people that come in so it's cool and then you know they get all excited to see each other and catch up and be like hey how's it going with for, with you right now during self-isolation and just gives people their normalcy back absolutely and i think that's really important um natasha in terms of like you know what are some drinks that people can kind of look forward to if, if they do decide to you know pop by and, and visit black tiger coffee oh like you mean what's our most popular yeah okay so if it's like anything cough just like a black coffee drinker person um it would be the americano is our most popular and if it's a latte I mean, our regular latte is the most popular, which has got like no sugar or anything in it. Um, but our second most popular drink is the Spanish latte. That's really cool. And other than donuts, I know you do serve a lot of savory sandwiches and poke bowls as well. Yeah. Um, do you have any favorites for, for those savory treats? Do uh, What's my favorite or customer yeah. favorites? Um, both. Let's do both. Okay. <laughs> so my favorite is the Buddha bowl. Um, and that's just, uh, it's brown rice. It's super healthy. It's got um, chickpeas, cucumbers, edamame, chicken, grape tomatoes. Um, and we also do a in-house made tiger peanut sauce, which is, I love peanut sauce. So um, that's my favorite. And then I would say a lot of customers like that, but a lot of people love poke bowls. So mm. I would say customer favorite would be the tuna poke bowl or the salmon poke bowl. And then for a sandwich, the gustoso is always like a favorite, especially guys. I don't know why guys just like the gustoso. <laughs> and what is in the gustoso? Um, it's pesto, mayo, spinach, um, tomato, salami, and um, Havarti cheese. That sounds really good. Huh? <laughs> Perfect, Natasha. Well, you know, thank you so much for taking your time to being on our podcast today and, you know, sharing a little bit about your journey of, of how you started Black Tiger Coffee and also kind of what you're going through right now during the pandemic. Um, if you could give yourself, you know, one piece of advice in terms of if you could kind of redo everything again, like what would that advice be? If I was to redo opening Black Tiger from the beginning, you mean? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I'm so grateful for some of the mistakes I made because it does humble me and it also helped me learn and, um, I don't know, it toughened me, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I would definitely say I did network, like I said, but network some more. Um, I think get more advice before opening, um, especially in terms of, um, like I said, the flow and design, um, just because a lot of times I find that we could be more efficient. Um, so that's a, a kind of a design flaw, but yeah, definitely if I could have networked a bit more. Um, and maybe if I took like a course in management because I kind of had to teach myself to be a manager. <laughs> so if I took a course in that, I think I could have saved myself a lot of headache the first year um, in terms of how I was managing staff. 
but hey, that was part of the learning process and it's made me stronger and um, yeah, more, more of a boss. <laughs> That's amazing how you were able to, you know, throw on so many different hats, like you're kind of the construction manager, you were the designer of, of the, the, the mm -hmm. flow and the layout, you were, you know, the manager of, of the coffee shop. And I think, you know, the biggest takeaway that I've had, you know, for from hearing your story is just being taking it day by day and 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 just learning the mistakes but learn like how to not make the mistakes again and how to pivot and improve along the way i think that that's what i learned from from your yeah, story stay strong and always um try to be better and always like don't ever think you have it all figured out because you can always make an improvement um so yeah even now i think black tiger is great and people say great things and we have amazing reviews but I always look to see what I can make better. And so I have a lot of things in the back of my mind I want to make better. That's amazing, Natasha. And last but not least, how can people get in touch with you or Black Tiger Coffee? Where can we find you? Yeah, so if you have any direct um, concerns or questions, you can email us at hello at blacktigercoffee.com. Um, you can message us on Instagram or Facebook. Um, and yeah, if you check any of our social media channels, we have our phone number listed. Um, so you can contact our store, but it's always better to send us a message by email or social media, because if you phone our store and you're looking for something specific, sometimes our staff, you know, they don't know it's better coming from a manager. Absolutely. And the uh, Instagram handle is at black tiger coffee. Yes, Instagram is at Black Tiger Coffee. Perfect. And what is your current store hours? I know it could potentially change, but you know, when are you guys open during the week? Yeah, so we do update it on Google um, and on our Instagram. So if anything changes, like that's the best place to look. Um, but right now with the um, COVID-19 situation, we've decided to do reduced business hours. So we're open six days a week. Um, from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m., but closed on Tuesdays. Perfect, Natasha. I can't wait to stop by and try out some delicious donuts and drinks. So thank you again. Yeah, thank you, John. Talk to you soon. Okay, talk soon. Bye. Bye.